What are you doing there, Joss? You look like you're trussing someone up to your chair. New chair, I think. It's not. It is a new chair, but it's not for me. Oh, is it Rich? Right. Yeah. So is this? So on the discussion, I was um uh, with um Rachel wanted a new chair. Joe said, "Why don't you wait until you start?" <laughs> Why don't you wait for what? You got a new job. Start a new job in about six weeks. Yeah. But wait until. Why don't you wait because you'll have you know you you might you might they might give you one. Rachel now has a new chair. So you know you won that discussion. <laughs> And you know what will be so funny, dude, if she gets a new chair that's better than that one. Well, then I'll have a new chair then, won't I? <laughs> so when will you get a new It's not going as smooth as I'd like it to, Jez, by the way. What, un- unpacking it? Do you need me to come round, dude? Anyway, we'll worry about that later. You're listening to Housecast, the official Lorehouse Cricket Club podcast. Shout out to our sponsors, Spoonful of Sweets, Virtual Food Service, Milltown Pies and Rexel. Up the house. Hello everyone and welcome to the Housecast, the legendary podcast from Lower House Cricket Club. We've not done it for a while, but we're eager to get back. We're eager to chat about the games. I think we've all got a little bit too busy and a little bit other things on that we, we, we prioritise in more, but I can guarantee it won't go away if we do them once a month, once every six months or once a year. We'll carry on doing the podcast. And we'll get the you young juniors in to help us out. So tonight we've got a real special guest. We maybe should have had him on a little bit before now, but he's been a touch busy. We've all been a touch busy, and I think halfway through the season is a good time to get this uh, this young man on to talk about his career and how he's feeling at Law House. But before we go there, I've got all the regular, reliable co-stars: Joe Benaducci and Joe Martin. We'll go to Martin first. Joe, how's it going? Very well, Jeremy. How are you? Yeah, all good, thank you. It's a practice night. You've yes. hopefully been practising. How's it going with the practice and with the damp conditions now? Some balls at Wes, and then I attempted to catch some. And okay. It's fine. You still work hard. I remember, you know, going back donkey's years, Joe and myself, and, and before Joe Dooch, I mean, we were just mess about and have a few pints afterwards, just maybe one once round the uh, the field and that was it. Do you still train like you did 10 years ago when I came down and watched you all? Well, we're a slightly different team now, Jess. We're all a little bit older. <laughs> we're all a little bit older, a little bit stiffer and a little bit more injured. Um, okay. So we, uh, as the people would say, we know our own games and we okay. Need to. But do you not think do you, there are some young players, and we'll come on to that after uh, Sunday's game. You've got some young lads that are coming through now. We've been through the seconds, and yep. and they're still under twenty. Do they not need some guidance of proper practice and training and fitness? Yeah, and they do get that. Um, yeah, who from? Uh, well, we have a series of coaches. Good. Well, that's brilliant. That so that's what the fans want to hear. It, it's not about you old duffers that just sit around. Tossing it off. Not quite yet an old duffer. Yeah, you say well. that. So who coaches the young kids, you know, around the fitness levels? Um, oh, I don't know about fitness levels, but cricket levels. Yeah. We have John Briley that comes on a Tuesday. So John used Brilliant. to uh, And yeah. he was my first ever wicket-keeping coach as well. That's yeah. Me. Yeah, good lad, John. Great lad. Good Great. player. Um, and on a Thursday, uh, Francois runs the... That's what session. Brilliant. I mean, it's evident from what we're seeing this year that the young players do benefit from it and are, are developing well. So, uh, great work, that, Joe. Dooch, how's it going? We had five minutes together on, on Sunday. Are you OK? I'm good, thank you, yeah. Very good day, yeah. Sunday. I'm sure we'll come on to it later, but it was a, a great afternoon. Yeah, oh, that's good. We've, been, we've dialled in for probably about seven or eight minutes now, so I've seen the video. Or there is some audio around it, and you seem to be wrestling with something in the background constantly. I'm I'm not sure if it's a polar bear or something that you're trying to either truss up with a load of tape or take to tape off. What you're doing? I'm trying to assemble a desk chair. That's all. It's nothing exciting. Nobody needs to know about it. Nobody will be right. interested, Jez. Just I'm trying right. to assemble a desk chair. But as you know, as we've discussed before, when it comes to manual tasks, my skill set is not quite where it should be. So uh, even though it seems a very very simple uh, job, I'm struggling with it. But anyway, we'll get there. Yes, I'm yeah, I'll... updates throughout the podcast to see where we're okay. up. Okay. 
I, I agree because it didn't look like a chair that was being dismantled. At one stage, I saw your right leg being cocked over the back of it, and I wondered what you were trying to do to hold it down. I'm just trying to build a chair. That's all I'm doing. It's funny you should say that. You do remind me quite a lot of my, my middle brother around DIY. Matt's okay, but Nicky has his problem. He keeps dropping everything, and his nickname when we're doing jobs is Dick Fingers. <laughs> so maybe you could be Dick Fingers too. Okay. So anyway, can we quickly just talk? I just want two minutes around Sunday's game, and I'd like this to, to go to Joe Martin. Before we bring the guest in, just to build up the the atmosphere and the feeling within the dressing room. Burnley away, big game, first against, top of the league against second in the league. Not sure that's happened before, you know, in such circumstances where it's baking out, it's 27, 28 degrees. Laura House win the toss and field. So Joe Martin, just tell us about the build-up to the game and then that decision to field when you've won the toss. So there was uh, no real difference in preparation. Okay. Um, we had so Hen, uh, Henry and Tommy Robinson were already playing for the Lancashire under eighteen league, league interleague team. So that meant some of the second teams had an opportunity to play in a really big game. So that was good. Um, and we won the toss and bowled. And the thinking behind it was we knew there was rain about. We weren't really sure when it was going to come, but we knew that we were going to get summer. Um, so we thought that that would give us the best opportunity to, to win the game. Dooch, what's your thoughts around that? I just want to big up the captain because uh, I spoke to him in the, on the morning of the game and he said that if he won the toss, he's definitely going to bowl first because he thought that the Burnley batting lineup would be one-paced, not aggressive enough to put, put us under any pressure. And if the, if the overs started... Uh, being reduced, he thought they would be potentially in a bit of a hole and we'd be able to control the run rate and leave ourselves an easier job in the second innings. And he called that on the morning of the game and it is exactly as it transpired. And just as another point to Jez, why I'll never be captain, I'd always bat first. So there you go. Without any kind of consideration for team pitch or anything, bat. I mean, that is really interesting because... You know, I, I'm with you, Joe Martin. And historically, you'd think that, and you know, with the way that, you know, the our, you know, we didn't have Joe Hawk, or you know, the way that the game could go, and the weather can change. But I've got to admit, early on, when I saw the forecast, eleven o'clockish, I thought, "Crikey, this is a big call list," and it takes some balls to to do it. I hope he does it, and thankfully, you know, good on him for thinking it through. And the way it turned out was probably even better than than anticipated. So. Great work, Ben. It was, you know, it's it's a tough call and you did it and you deserve the plaudits for it, the way the game progressed. And we will go into the game. Um, before we do, you know, obviously people who are listening know it was a great victory. And I, I think it's a significant victory, bearing in mind, one, the players that were missing, two, you know, the, the score, the scoring rate of Burnley and then the way it changed. So I think it's a great time to bring in uh, our guest for this evening, just to ask him about his thoughts on, on that game before we go in to talk about him and his career. So, ladies and gentlemen, at long last, we've got our 2023 cricket professional on, Ruan Deswar. Welcome, Ruan. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Not too bad. That's good. That's good. Are you are you settled in okay? You know, I know it's halfway through the season. Um, things going all right for you personally, and I believe Matt Stanley's mentioned about a few issues with the car that he didn't tax, oh, yeah. uh, and a, a few other things that have gone on. How's things for you in in, in Burnley and at Low House? Yeah, it's actually been very good. I actually had some pleasant weather the weeks I was here. Yeah, but I don't think that we would have five different seasons in one day, so that's been <laughs> a little bit of an adjustment. But other than that, settled in nicely. I think Loas is a very family club, so it was quite easy to settle in and get, get along with the guys. And we've got a, a great group of guys off the field, and you can see how our performance on field reciprocates. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 that's lovely of you to say. And you know, previous pros have settled in, and you know, we're looking at pros that have played for us, and then they come back and play again, or come back to visitors. You know, there's no one ever apart from one. There's no other pros that really struggled. <laughs> Have struggled with us. Um, 
it's interesting, Ryan. You, you, you're 25 now. You came with a great pedigree. You know, the likes of Matt Stanley and the other people are on that committee that that look at the professionals, look at you coming in, and you know, speak to the likes of Corbus who played for us and and others. What over the last four or five years, how has your career developed back in South Africa? Who did you play for? What you know, what standard were you playing at? Have you looked at coming over to the UK again? I'm asking lots of questions there, but just tell us about your last four or five years, Ron, please. Yeah, so uh, obviously school about six years ago, um, straight into uh, university at Tucks, played some club cricket that side. Um, I then, at the age of 20, I got called up Northern the below, in your guys' terms, the county, the county division. So I played from there around probably a year or two. Um, got a contract for the Titans, the main team, my first professional. And then at the age of 22, I decided to move down to Durban to play my cricket at the Dolphin. Had a very good season. I was actually the season of COVID. When COVID started, our season got cut short. So I had a really, really Titans obviously asked me to stay, but didn't get a lot of opportunity to play for the Titans, even though I had quite a good and decided to move over to Durban. Learned a lot there in Durban for around three years. Learned a lot about myself. you quite isolated because my whole family comes from Pretoria, where Titans obviously is, is my home union and home base. So that was probably one of the biggest challenges I've had to face throughout my career, being away from home, trying to adapt to new conditions, obviously. Much better conditions for betting down at the Titans, whereas going down to Urban, I think I equipped myself with a lot, lot, lot more skills and getting ways to adapt to new wickets. And I've currently signed for West Dragon in Pochestrum, which is about an hour's drive from where I live. I think that that was a like a. I think it's a good career move for myself with regards to betting and bowling those conditions. What I do, so it's been it's actually been a tough, tough couple of years for me. I've done really well, but didn't get the opportunity. That I would have liked to obviously got into the National Academy setup for Cricket South Africa and I'm in the pipeline of going SAA and the Pro Tier. Very good learning curve for me moving down to Durban. But yeah, I'm excited to play my cricket down at the high club where I know everything about it. And it's interesting that, that you say that, Ruan, that you know, we non professional sports people, you know, would think, oh sportsman, it's easy, it's, you can develop where you want and it's all fun and you're playing sport that you that you enjoy it's part of your living. But when you're moving home at 20, when you, you know, going into a new area and, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're going from Manchester to Bristol or through, you know, from from Melbourne down to Brisbane, you know, you know, as you say, moving the length of South Africa, it's still a big upheaval and, you know, it does take its toll. Do you get some support? Do professional cricketers in South Africa? And I think you know where I'm coming from with this. You know, there's there are issues there still. There's you know some fantastic players there, but there is still that issues of you know the quarter system and 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 the legacy that that has brought. Does that add extra pressure on young players who are looking to get into the international setup? Um, I think I think it does play quite a big role in. Probably the mental side of the game. I think for me, especially from a young age, coming out of school, I knew it was just going to be easy. You're going to go out and go into the professional setup straight away. But my thing is, if there's five places that you need to play for, you need to work as hard as you can. But I think, as I said in the start, it's probably more mental. It plays quite a lot in your mind. It played on my mind when I was a because I just came back from a back surgery. And we played a game against Western Province at home and we needed to win five games on the bounce to win the county champion. So started off really well. I got 94 not out and then after that, I didn't actually play a game at all. And every single time that you try and communicate with them and ask them what, what are the reasons why you're not playing, um, yeah. they can't really give you. So I just, I'm just not playing anything. So that... Yeah. It forces you to have a quite a strong mind, and I think that's why mental health is becoming a big problem in sport in general, in sport, any country that you're playing. There's such a high demand for the performances week in and week out. We put more pressure on ourselves, and I think it's just important to make sure that your support base is really strong, that, the, that are around you. Obviously, video call and that type of stuff make it a little bit easier when you're far away. But I think it's just having or ensuring that your inner circle is tight as we speak to. 
And coming back to your point, we've got an association in South Africa called SACA. It's the South African Cricketers Association, where they've got obviously sports psychologists you can actually speak to in order to overcome those mental issues you have. Yeah, my my biggest thing was I'm actually studying psychology myself. Um, it's just to make sure that you open up about it and not bottle up inside you. You bottle up everything inside you, and one day something just goes off. It'll be so much worse than work on that. Luan, it's quite bizarre. People listening to this podcast will probably think, uh, and they will be completely wrong, and, uh, and I will stand up and to anyone that we've planned this conversation that we've discussed prior around that side of whether it's cricket, football, golf, or, or whatever you do. But it is so important, you know, in and far, you know, I'm, I'm far too old to to think of what happened when I played. But I think at the moment, the way that the world is, the way that sport is. It's so important that that message is out there. And I know Dooch believes it. And I know Joe Martin believes it. And, and we look at, even in the Lancashire League, what is expected of the players and, and what is... You know, it's almost peer pressure. You know, we would, me and Joe Dooch, more than Joe Martin, we go back and it, we'll call it bullying. But without speaking about it, it won't go away. And it won't. So it's so important for everyone who's listening that that happens. So I really appreciate you there, Ruan for going through that and, and saying how much pressure there is. So when, you know, you're you're moving, you know, states within South Africa, you're still working your nuts off. You're still wanting your 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 aim is to play international cricket. How does it come about that you come to the UK? You know, how did that happen and how did you feel about it at the time? Is that extra pressure, I guess? Um I think it's a good opportunity. I think exactly what I told you earlier, the different conditions. Obviously, I had a, quite a slow start this side, trying to be quite different and putting added pressure on yourself because you basically labeled as a pro, so you have to come here and perform week in and week out. So I think it, for me, it was more a case of finding that experience as well. And I actually, I spoke to Avi de Villiers um, and he said one of the key things for him was he came over the UK, he, him and in five people see, they said it just gave them a lot more like tools in their game. They can't, you can't really explain to people what uh, experience coming to the UK playing your first side, but they said it just improved their cricket so much. And I think it's it's just something that you, you it takes you out of your comfort. Obviously, it's nice seeing new places and traveling a little bit around the world, but I think it's important to get a lot of game time for us, especially with our seasons being so short, generally last season. For me, more it was getting as much game time as possible side and just trying to hone on different skills that I have. And coming back to the mental side again, and that's what I did. I put too much pressure on myself. And cricket being such a mental game, you make stupid mistakes picking too much off the field. It's actually so simple. You just go out there and back what you've done, back your preparations, go for it. Since I've done that, it's actually made made my cricket so much better and it feels like there's actually a weight off your shoulders you can just go out there and the biggest thing for me is I try to have as much fun when I play cricket and I play every single game as it's the last game but it's not life or death no. you know, if you try something it does happen then it doesn't happen you know and in, in some some spectators I'm not just talking about lower house I'm talking in general they think oh no the world's going because England have got beat or South Africa has got beat or the rest of but it hasn't really. It's disappointing. It's, it, you know, it used to take me two or three days to get over it. Um, and we're all different. We're all different around that. So it, it is so important, is that. Joe Martin, just bring you in here around Ruan, the way, because it was unbelievable, the start of the season. This this summer is just so unreal, Ruan, as to, you know, even previous summers, how wet and cold it was at the start. And all of a sudden it goes red hot. How did you, as players, Joe, find helping Ruan and, and managing the conditions and getting the points that you actually got and managing the season at the start of the season? How, how did that go? So I think that in the in the first three weeks and Ruan wasn't here, as wet as it is, I played a fair yeah. wet. So potluck of whether you get a game on. And even then, I think it was um, you win to a massive level of wet. Um, but we played well. And then when Ruan arrived... Uh, it was incredible sunshine. That game at Enfield, it was hot. It was hot, and then it and then it's been hot ever since, uh, except for these past, yeah. past couple of weeks. Um, but they are completely different conditions. Ruan played in. Uh, I would say more your batting than your bowling. Yeah. The pace of the, 
and I think all we all 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 we all we can do is make sure that the game gets what it needs to and and you know he's scored important runs and taken important wickets and played well so and I can say that because I am older than you which is remarkable um, oh my god I know Pez is the first pro that has been younger than me that I've played with I've never thought of that before because you're not a spring chicken anymore Joe don't try and blag that you're still 21 I'm still in my 20s so yeah you are only just but you look about 18 still yeah. which we're all jealous of which we're all jealous of but it's good that you say that and you know, and obviously the, the spectators and the people, you know, walking around the ground, their feedback from the players is that Ruan has been an absolute diamond. You know, in the dressing room, his commitment, his want to to push the players, push the amateurs, push himself has, has been second to none. Um, which again is, you know, whether it's a Law Ace way, whether it's South Africans, whether it's Australians, whether it's New Zealanders, it doesn't matter. That's the way it seems to go. And, you know, whilst we're winning, that's great. And if, if we're losing a few and not at the top like we are now, we manage it. Do Chow, you know, as far in your role within the cricket circles, you know, you play a significant role, which is very understated that people don't realise, you know, how important it is. How do you find the way Ruan settled in and, and, and the performance? Then we can move on to the team, how that's developed. Uh, well, I've watched nearly every game. Not not absolutely every game, but I've watched almost every game. And uh, the the thing that I've been most impressed with is his combative nature. Combative, combative nature. I like a pro who gets yeah, stuck in. Yeah. And uh, Ruin definitely does that. Um, obviously, the cricket side of things you kind of take for granted, don't you? Really, when you sign a professional, it should be able to, it should be good at cricket if you <laughs> if you sign a professional. Uh, but what we've else? signed a what few, else? Joe, that maybe haven't been, haven't we? We've we've had a couple of professionals that weren't that good at cricket. But... No, no. But it, I, I'm looking for somebody to come over and get get in tune with the way that the team plays and um, be aggressive in games and, and get into the spirit of the team and the club. And from watching on the sidelines, uh, Ruin definitely does that. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. You can see, you know, and, and the chats I've had with the other players, you know, they love him in the dressing room for, you know, the way he contributes and the way he understands our players. So we can continue and we can talk about this forever, but I'd like to get back to the Burnley game. So, Ruan, you've seen the way Ben Heap is, the way he captains the side, the way he's such, certainly this season, he's got even better at his aggressive opening batting that he will take the game to the opposition. Um what were your thoughts on Sunday, getting to turf more and realising it's such a big game? How did you think the game would go ahead and how were you going to try and manage it? Uh, obviously, I spoke to a couple of guys beforehand. I think they had quite a decent side. Um, I think probably one thing me and me and Ben obviously are tacting how we want to go about things. Um, and for me, it's just not looking at it as, as it's that big of a game. I think it's just taking it as a normal game again. We still, you're still gonna play cricket. You're still gonna see a red ball. You're still gonna bat. Still gonna bowl. I think a lot of people fall under the thing of it's a big game, so we need to be on it. We need to do this. We need to do that, and you end up trying a little bit harder, and that normally causes you to do not out of your comfort zone, but out of out of the ordinary. That's just, I think that's the small moments that we actually won in that game. We yeah. probably played the more simple cricket during the whole game. I think. With regards to our bowling, we had under. We never really took our foot off the gas that the game was going to get reduced. So we tried to keep as tidy as possible, and it ended up working in our favour in a sense. And I think with our batting, we were always in control of the game. We just lacked a little bit of one. We needed one guy to bat through, and we would have won. It's just those small moments where we need to stay calm. Myself too, that we wanted to finish the game as good as possible. We didn't know if the rain was going to arrive. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing is um, it was a big team effort. Everybody pulled their weight, everybody caught. I think that's what makes us such a good team. And while we are doing so well, we know exactly what our end goal is. Everybody works towards that. They're always willing to help each other. And I think the trophy made a very good start. And if we can continue, we'll have a bit. Ruani, I mean, that, you know, I, I, that is exactly 
Well, I was going to say, in, in regard to the way the game went, my brother Matt was watching it towards the end and he wasn't sure. He said, oh, no, that's a bit of an old law house legacy. You know, even when you got out, and I just convinced Charlie was going to see it through. I just thought Charlie will just bat real sensibly and that the young lads bat, bat around him. And when he got out, I thought, this is not what happened. But go, going back to the bowling, um, I thought you bowled as a team really, really tight. And I'll ask Joe Martin to comment on this. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think Burnley took the game. I think they were thinking more about the conditions and what's going to happen and you know who's going to bowl next. You know, Frankie continued to bowl when you know he, in his own in his own words he, he he's struggling. He gets stiff as a board, and I think we kept them down to probably. I don't know, maybe 80 runs short of, of, of what they really should have been before the rain came. Joe Martin, was that evident on the field? It didn't seem to be seeming around a lot. I mean, there were a couple of great balls when you were stood up, but was it that difficult to bat on? I, would describe, I don't think it wasn't. It was an abrasive surface, Jez. Right. And I, there wasn't much in it for anybody unless you were a spinner, I think. Right. If you were a batter or a seam bowler, I think it was really hard to. If you were okay, so the batting was difficult. You think? Yeah, yeah, I don't think early it was. on. Yeah. Burnley was scoring at less than three and over, and yeah. eighteen and twenty-seven. Yeah. Spinners took the majority of the wickets. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought it seemed, you know, looking and again, you get blinkered because of the sun. Uh, I just thought that they, they maybe because the weather was clearly going to come. We all knew that was going to happen. I thought they might have pushed it on a little bit quicker and and. Played for that. When Ocky came out to bat, he looked like he were on Blue Smarties to start with. He was hopping around like a frog in a blender, but then seemed to yeah. die a bit of a death and it just dwindled out into a nothing. 125 or 42 is. Was, did we bowl that well or was the track that difficult? Our bowlers deserve a lot of credit. They stuck to the yeah, plans, yeah. stuck to the plans really well. Uh, yeah. And we set and and Ben set really good fields, which meant that it yeah. hit boundaries. Um, and that makes it hard for amateur cricketers. I think when they can't when they can't hit boundaries, it's hard to rotate. Um, so I think that 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 yeah. was, that was the difference. Yeah, certainly in those conditions for amateurs, it's a psychological thing. The sun's shining. There's quite a few on the ground, and the the track looks okay. It looks a you know, from a distance, it is a bit of a psychological thing, whereas pros and the top amateurs do manage that. Um, but then we go out to bat, you know, after that really quite strange weather and it was forecast to be torrential and thunderstorms. It never really came, didn't that? There was a lot of rain came down and more drizzle and the grey that came over. But, you know, all the weather apps were telling us you're going to get back on. Was there any hassles or... You know, issues around when are we going to get on? Are we going to get a game in Joe? Or were you all calm and collected? We were fine, I think. We, yeah, as soon as we could, we weren't looking to reduce the game. Yeah, yeah, see a proper, proper game as it could be. So that was, uh, yeah, and I think all credit, I think the umpires, you know, were fantastic at the way that they were. That manage the game and, and the Burnley players, you know, it's not great having to wheel the covers out when it's absolutely tipping down, but you know, credit to them. And then we go out to bat, and I think it was 28 overs that we were allowed to face, and I'm not sure there were going to be any interruptions. And Ben did his normal, you know, sea ball hit it and, and played aggressive. Frankie got out, Simi came in, didn't, you know, really get stuck in. Dooch, I wasn't there at this stage. I'm following it either on play cricket or on, on, on Twitter. What were your thoughts at the outset there? Were, you, were there any doubts there or were you comfortable? Can I just add, though, for the... For the listeners, you know, bearing in mind we're probably missing six regulars at that stage because of the representative game and injuries and Parry and Hope not being available. What were your thoughts then, Duke? Any doubts? Um, not really. I, th- I thought immediately after sort of Ben got going, I thought, well, we're going to win this comfortably. But I did always have in the back of my mind that we we don't usually win those games comfortably at Turf Moor. There's usually yeah. a bit of there's yeah. usually a bit of drama somewhere. Yeah. Um. So what I think we're about looking at the card now. We're 52 for three when with the Pro and Ben batting together and you know chasing one one eight. Plenty of overs left. You know we were coasting really at that stage, but then unfortunately we did lose we did lose a couple of wickets. Um. Paddy dug in. Um. But. The innings that Keegan played, and in conjunction with Charlie and Toxie a little bit as well, 
I thought it was fantastic and it was just exactly what we needed at the time. And Keegan, for those who don't know, hasn't played a great deal of first team cricket. This is probably the first time he's battered Joy, is it, in the in the first team, certainly in the league. So yeah. And he comes out under the pump, uh, looks a little bit shaky to start. I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. But the minute that he tried to play any aggressive shots, he smacked uh Oki into the car park and then the very next ball nearly knocked the clubhouse down. Um, so and that that at that particular time just gave us the the shot in the arm that we needed, and after that happened, then we were we were sort of almost home and hose really. Another bit of drama, obviously, we lost another couple of wickets. Joe, your run out, what did you think? Were you in? Look, look tight from where we were. Well, I, you, you you never. Yeah, you can if your bats over that line when the bales get broken. <laughs> yeah. Let him sit in. on fence, Duke. He wants to sit on the fence. Well, I mean, it, Arson Martin. I thought I was. I, I thought I was close, and I dive. I put a dive in, and those that know me well, no, I don't dive. I don't. <laughs> but it, it's interesting there, Duke, that you mentioned the likes of Keegan, Tom Olstead. Yeah, we need to mention Tom. Declan Metcalf. Um, they all look. Like first team players, they look like they're in a squad of where our first team squad now is probably 18 deep after these have done what they've done. My brother and myself went to watch the first team in the, the Lancashire Cup at Great Ecclescake. And did it look out of, out of depth their fielding or when they came out to bat? The, the, you know, they look part of the team, whereas when me and you played, and including you when you were a young lad coming in the first team, it a lot of the youngsters seem out of the depth, and I'm, and I've got and I know it's it's my brother, and I wonder if the last two or three years the way Stans brought juniors in, the way they come through the second team, the structure that is in place now, it's not a case of oh shit I'm in the first team and I'm a rabbit in headlights. I think the players that come in, they, they've obviously welcomed, but they look settled. And does that contribute to Keegan playing the shots he played, Tom Walstead coming in for one ball? And, and hitting a four like he did, which is, you know, the, the tough times he's had in the last 12 months. He, that, you know, it's everything. That is means the world to him and to the spectators that follow. And that's, I think, credit to you, Dooch, and the other people who've who've done what they've done in the, the second team previously. I don't know if you've any comment on top of that, Dooch. I know I've talked a lot about it, but I think they settled for steam players, those lads now. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think a lot of credit needs to go to Matt for the way that he's he looked after them in the in the twos for the last few years, and having that, you know, Matt sort of instilled a lot of that in me when I was a junior. That you know the the winning mentality yeah. and the and the sort of the approach to games. You know, it, it, he's clearly had had an impact on them on them lads who who've come through the second eleven. So yeah, he does deserve a, a lot of credit. But just just on Tom. You know, I'm sure most people who listen to this podcast will, will be well aware of. You know, he's had a he's had a difficult spell, and to see him sort of get that uh, sort of release in his cricket, he's, he's brilliant. He's a great he's a great lad. Everybody who knows him will, will say he's a he's a he's a fantastic character. And to see him sort of be centre stage on Sunday in such a big game like that was uh, was great. So yeah, hopefully he gets a, gets a few more opportunities as well. Yeah, here we are. And then, then and we can look at, we're talking now, we've not even mentioned Simmer. You know, it's like Simmy's been playing for the last 15 years. You know, Simmy's brand new. He's, he's got that 90-odd. He's got that great 30. He's another one that's come through that system. And that is, you know, and all these players, Ruan, talk about you as if you know, this is so good. They're playing with this overseas professional that they would never have dreamed of playing. So no matter what happens in the season and... and you know, your optimism and I'm with you and trophies. What's going on is, is absolutely fantastic. So let, let's put that to bed now. We've won that game. We're still top of the league, but it's only just. So let's, can we just, between the four of us, just have a look at how the season's gone, um, you know, prior to this weekend and who we think the top signs are. Joe Martin, are we, are we still Darwin? You know, have been such a fantastic side over the last two or three years. They're obviously going to be there. Are they our main threat as we head the table at the halfway stage? I think, I think there is a whole host of teams that could make uh, a title challenge. Because the, what a typical Joe Martin answer. If you look at, <laughs> I'm still... Have you ever thought about going into politics, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I am. 
Um, but uh, the, uh, if you look at the table, it's very tight. I'm still making sure that we don't get relegated. That's my uh, single <laughs> task of the season. Um, but I think it's really, it is really tight. If you look at maybe the top five or six teams, they're all in, within a, a single win. Of, you know, but anybody can anybody can see that from looking at the table, George. Jez wants your insight into who you think out of those top teams would be the biggest danger to us. Right, I would say. From what you've seen, you've played everybody once now. What from what you've seen as a player, what yeah. can you give us a little a little insight, a little nugget? I would say it's between Todd, Burnley, Northern, <laughs> Darwin, and Little Brown, and maybe. Joe Martin, let me spell it out a little bit. I was trying to give you the the out for Darwin because they are now six and they've you know they've been so good over the last two or three years. My gut feeling is Todd aren't good enough. I know that I, I think I'm not sure. I think that Todd have they've got good batters and bowlers. They bat relatively deep and they've got five. They've got five good bowlers. They could still be there. All. Right. Okay. Right. So we've got something out here. I, you know, I, I personally thought the game and the beaters was their swan song. I'm not sure they're going to emulate that much more but you're saying they've got some good players Littleborough you know they've not been up there uh, you know as just much promoted, as, just, just promoted, as, as we expected yeah and you know when they were in the league you know in the, the first division previously have they got quality Joe Martin that could keep them going to the end of the season they've got a very good pro and they have some yeah. they could be there they could be there so Burnley then Joe Martin, I, you know, I'm just not sure Burnley score quick enough. I, I, I don't think that they can Maybe they push games and push sides. But they certainly bowl a lot of teams out. Yeah, and yeah, but runs get runs win your games. So yeah, batters win your games, Jez. Bowlers win your league. Yeah, Agreed. exactly. Agreed. And then the final one, if we say in the top six, and we've written off Twitterall, which is a a bit of a sweeping statement. Norden, they've no. Paid pro, so you know they're going to be there, Joe. You've got some very good players. This is a this is a fruitless conversation because you won't commit to anything. Every team that you've mentioned, Joe, they've got good batters, good bowlers, good cricketers. They've all got they've all got them. According to Joe, testament to the league, Joe. Joe, if you'd a spare one pound note, and you know you had and you got odds of hundred to one on any of those top six sides, who would your one pound note go on? I'd put it in an hour. hundred to one. <laughs> You're a complete dickhead. <laughs> yeah, and get about three percent over the next million years. They're not giving savings. So we can't get you. That's right, Jeff. We can't get you to commit to anything. I, I'm not comfortable quitting things, so they're all like preempting. It's like at work if people. I, I'm. I don't know. I'm just not. People. Did you have a good weekend? Or are you are you going to have a what you do? I go. Yeah, it was okay, and it could have been fantastic. Glass half full, I think, Jez. We'll get. Well, I did have a lovely weekend. Well, I think you all got. Yes. I think your glass is broken. Or just the heart. So let, let's talk about, is there anything else within the season, any of the games that we could discuss or mention about now between uh, Joe, Dooch and Ruan? Just for me, about the Worsley Cup. Oh, let's chat. Good game, Northern are good team. Good batters, good bowlers. <laughs> Who's going to win? That's your answer. Uh, ask Ruan that. What's the question? Are we going to beat Norden in the semi-final of the Cup? 100%. I think we've got too much on our power. Good lad. I Good think... lad. Are you listening, Joe? Well, I'm sat next to him, Joe. If you don't often listen. <laughs> well, yeah. So as far as the Cup goes, quarter-final, sorry, semi-final at home, mm-hmm. and the winners of that semi-final have the final tie. There are plans afoot, listeners, to try and get some semi-professional commentary for the whole of the semi-final on YouTube. Um, it, it's still in the uh, in the melting pot, as they say. There's a few um, concerns on the Lower House Committee. I've, I was in deep conversations with the Managing Director and the Secretary this weekend, and one of them said, I don't think we should do it because if people get drunk, they swear and say things they shouldn't. And the other one's got a big head. <laughs> so I think we're going to go ahead and we'll leave out the one that might or the people that might say things that are inappropriate or, or not relevant so hopefully fans spectators of Lower House we will get 
the the commentary aligned to the YouTube throughout the game, and we're looking at maybe ten presenters and commentators that will come on. But that said, don't not come down and watch the game because of it. We do need as much support as possible, verbally and uh, and financially. Um, anything else on the organisational side, Dooch, around the cup, or anything else you want to talk about cricket before we move on to the lower house draw? No, I don't think so. Uh, Joe Martin, anything you want to add or talk about before we move on? We've had a good start. We can't get keep up. Ruin, I'm sorry to subject you to be sat in the room with Arsene Wenger. Uh, anything you want to add? Uh, who, myself? Yeah, about the season, uh, to, to the supporters. We will do a round-up at the end of this podcast where everyone can have a little bit of an input of anything that we've forgotten. But anything want, you want to, to bring up now whilst Joe Martin gets his um, round Um, I just think the game against Todd was quite a tough one for us. Control of that game the whole whole time and we just ended up losing it. I think just one big thing for us is to stay in the game at all times. We play good cricket, remain calm. There's not a lot of teams in the league that will be able to stop us. So I just got a very good chance of winning games. I think it's set up quite nicely for us. A couple of fixtures that are coming up, playing quite a couple Quite a few games, lower lower ranked teams and uh, teams that are just below us are playing each other. So we could pull a pull ahead in the end. I think it's actually amazing that you guys said about the bowlers winning championships. We top of the log. We've only got four bowling points, whereas the other team, I think the average between all of them are probably up to eighty. It's actually been shows the quality of cricket that we've actually played to remain top. That's a great point, Rowan, that, yeah, it's, we four four bowling points, 19, 8, 13, 13, 16, 14. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And it's all right bowling, you know, on poor wickets and bowling negative. And, but it's runs that people watch, people want to watch. And I understand that bowling sides out wins your games. But, crikey, if we, you know, when, you know, when we go on to win the league, that will be some achievement to be worth looking at historically. Well, other clubs have done the same without having that that real fire power up front. Um, anything else, Joe? Can you are you ready for this uh, this this draw, Joe? I know I've dropped it on you. You're ready. You, you're ready. Fantastic. Right, we've actually got two draws to draw. We had we didn't do the end of May, and we can do the end of June now because it's uh, it's late in June. So one to one seven seven. Please, Joe Martin, if you don't mind spinning your balls round and then picking one out. 93. Number 93, Pete Atherton. Oh, Pete Atherton's been coming down the club since, I think, 1947 was his first season. Um, he's been a spectator ever since. Had a good chat with him on Friday night. He was saying how much he's enjoying the cricket and how much he's, uh, he's loving watching the positive nature. Uh, and obviously he the son of one of the founders. as well. Was he there? Yeah, I never he saw him. He wasn't from there yet. He, he, will, he will watch forever. So, well done, Pete. £100 coming to Pete Atherton. Second prize for the May draw, please, Joe, for £80. Number 81. Number 81. Uh, he's, he's won not that long ago, because I know we've made comments before. Young lad, great thespian, helps out a lot at Christmas with the children, charities, and dressing up as, I think, is it Oogie Bear? I think they call Kev Care. Excellent. Joe Beneducci. Well done, Kev. What, Joe? Your first captain, is that right? First floor captain, yeah. Joe. What's that, Jess? Third prize, £70, please, Joe. Number 167. 167. Crikey, had a pint with him. I haven't seen him for ages at weekend. Pete Morris. He's He's been a member for donkey's years. Pete and Jane are really good friends of Matt and Dye's. They come down watching now and again. I think they watch Burnley more than us, but they join the 100 club in... 2007, so £70 to Pete Morris. That's a really good winner. Joe Martin, fourth prize for £50, please. One, four, eight. You need to get some lower numbers going, Joe. Random. Number 148 is Chris and Lisa Howarth, spelt with an O. I believe, I think, Dooch, you might be able to help me with this. I think that's Sharon Stansfield's sister. Correct. Look at that. I've got it. Ruan, previously, I make a fool of myself in this, in that I don't know who anyone is, and and say that it's someone's best friend's sister, and then this lot will laugh at me and say it's not. So I, I am coming to a little bit. So thanks, Joe, for, thanks for that clarity. 
So then we move on to, I thought you were going to say something then, Duke, about picking numbers out. I was, but I, I, decided to, yeah, I decided to keep it to myself. Who's passed away. Yeah. Um, so the June draw, the first prize, please. Put all the numbers back in, young okay. Joe Martin. The first prize for £100 for the June 2023 draw is... 83. Number 83. It's Dave Johnson. Dave Johnson is the, the lad who's been watching us for donkey's years and he helps stand on the ground. He cuts the outfielders, Dave. Cuts the grass. Fantastic. Is he there today, Joe? Uh, not, no, he usually puts it late in. Second prize, £80, June 2023. Number 43. Oh, we're getting a little bit smaller, getting towards my number. Number 43. I mean, this lad has been on the ground since. In fact, he might be one of the oldest members that comes on at the moment. I think we could have a short discussion if there's anyone yeah, older. <laughs> Bled. No, no, it's not Blaz. Um, he's, he's about two or three years older than Blaz. So, Joe Martin, who is the oldest person you know that comes on the ground, that's watched us for years, and is a fantastic fella. I mean, there's a comedy answer here, but uh, I, I, well, I, do the comedy first. No, you'll beat me up. Me? <laughs> <laughs> you dickhead. Uh, Arthur Wong. Oh, no, no, I, 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 this lad's a little bit younger than Arthur. Um, Initials are SP. Wazzock? Yes, no, he won't Steve Barrington. He in it? I didn't think he'd be in it. Yes, yeah, he's been in it. The word, he only takes cash, uh, but good on Steve. £80 coming your way, Steve, if you're listening. June, third prize, £70, please, Joe. Number eight. Oh, bless him. He's our... He's our favourite secretary of all time, Keith Fairclough. Well done, Rusty. Fantastic. £70 coming your way. People scoff when Rusty wins because he does win quite often, but he does have four numbers, so he has a lot more chances than most of us. Uh, some people don't have any who are heavily involved in the club. But anyway, that's another story. We'll move on. I wonder if, he, if he was happy with the result on Sunday because, you know, he does have a put in both camps, doesn't he, Rusty? I think he's very much down back at lower ice camp now. Do you not think, Duke? Uh-huh. I think I think the time when, um, and thankfully he won't be listening to this, but I think the time when he walked down the steps at Burnley and tripped over the boundary rope and dropped, dropped his gloves everywhere and his cap and his bat, went out, got a fuzzball duck and then tripped on the way back up, um, put pay to his 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 love of Burnley when I think it was Roland Harrison said you silly old T-word well done Rusty 70 quid fourth prize last one thanks please Joe June 2023 fourth prize for £50 remarkably Jez after complaining about how hard the numbers were we have a yeah. number 9 8 and 9 number 9 number 9 uh, this is Donald Court's old number and his wife has taken it on she took it on since Donald passed away. It's probably when did Donald leave us? I think it's two years ago. So well done, Mrs. Court. £50 coming your way. And that concludes the draw for the May and June 100. Well, it used to be the 100 Club. Now it's called the Law House Draw. Please, any listeners, if you want to join, just get in touch. It's easy to pay. It's either by standing order or through PayPal. Um, we really appreciate everyone's contributions. It, com- it keeps the club going, pays in about £400 a month and we pay about £500 a month in prizes in total. So thanks, everyone. If anyone wants to get in touch, then please do. Yes. So that's the end of the draw. Joe Martin. Why, why was it was it originally called, mention about the draw? Originally called the 100 Club because there was 100 people in it or because that was the top prize? Well, no, it, believe it or not, before even I was involved, at the cricket club, they used to have draws like this, and there were only a hundred people allowed in because of licensing laws that you're only allowed to pay out so much prize money. So, there used to be Stan might be able to tell you better. There used to be people on a waiting list to join a draw to fundraise for a, a local club. But then, when either the, the laws got relaxed or we just started to ignore them, we're now up to 177 and we call it the law house draw. Be good discussion that to get Stan on as to why that happened. So that's the way we're we're up to. So I'll go around you all, and if there's anything else you want to contribute or bring up, we can chat even longer. It's not too late in the night. Um, but I'd like to thank Joe Martin for coming on and helping out with the podcast once again. You're invaluable, Joe. It keeps it going. The spectators love it. 
Thanks very much. And Dooch, again, coming on. I know you're a busy lad and looking after your, your own work and the cricket club, it's fantastic. And also, Ruan, for being our special guest. Thanks very much. But I'll go back to Joe Martin. Anything you want to add or bring up that you want to discuss before we finish up? Joe Benaducci's chair finished. Good point. He's not moved for a bit. I don't know. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. It's it's a light colour. Are you sitting in that, Joe, or Rachel? It's going to be Rachel. So when she sits in it, it just all collapses a bit, <laughs> bit uh, underneath her. No, well, I was thinking more with the colour of it. It's a very light grey. With your thoughts, it might, you know, it might discolour it quite a lot. But, uh, but no, that looks good, Duke. Well done. Reckon you should this. Yeah, Say again, Ru. I think you should give it a taste round there, Joe. Okay. Yeah. Let yeah. yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it's so fine. Joe Duke is just <laughs> going to sit in it. He's pretending to sit in it, and he's now lowering his bottom. He's lowered it. Oh no, he's got up, and I think he got up because his bottom wouldn't fit in it. <laughs> what colour is it, Joe? Is it grey or white? It's like a light grey. Light grey, lovely. Yeah. yeah, it looks really good. Anything else, Joe Martin? No, Duke. Anything you want to add halfway through your season? No, all going well. Happy with how everything is uh, progressing. And looking forward to the second half. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Rue. Thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate you know giving us a bit of an insight into the background of your career. We wish you all the best for the rest of the season at Law House and your cricket cricket career going forward back in South Africa. You can come back. We'd love you to come back. Is there anything you want to add and say to the spectators before you before we uh, we close the podcast down? Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, really do appreciate it. A lot of fun. And yeah, to the last people, it means a lot more to us and for my thing. And especially with a couple of big games coming up, that extra little bit of fire in the belly. So, yeah, just supporting us. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. It's, it's our pleasure, It really is. It's great to have you on. And the spectators will push. I know they will push. You know, they, they, they really they love you to bits and they love the way they play cricket and the way the first team are playing. Um you know, they will keep coming out and hopefully the weather will keep fine. I think that's, we will play our best cricket the longer the, the weather keeps going. So, all spectators, please give us a shout out, follow, listen, like, everything else. If you want any, if you're thinking of any guests, you want to get anyone on, you want any topics that you want us to discuss, then please just message us on Twitter or contact one of us on Facebook or, or, or personally and we will have a go at, um, getting that guest on and having some good fun. Thanks all for listening. Keep subscribing and we'll catch you all for the next episode. Thank you. Goodbye.